Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our second reading for this Sunday is taken from the sixth chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. It is the most theologically sophisticated and spiritually searching of Paul's letters. It's the first of Paul's letters listed in the New Testament. Can I encourage you when you have a chance? Sit down and read through Paul's letter to the Romans. It's not the easiest reading in the world. Paul can be a somewhat dense and difficult writer. But if you want to get the first great theological text in our tradition, that's it. Written sometime in the decade of the 50s of the first century, this letter lays out Paul's vision in its fullness. Read it sometime when you have a chance. But I want to comment now on these first lines from this reading. Paul says this, Are you not aware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Don't you know that? He's talking to a little community of baptized Christians. Now we think of the church in Rome, the great church of of the 21st century. Think of a very small community of some uh, Jewish Christians, some Gentile converts, but very small group. And Paul's writing to them. Don't you know that all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Death. I spoke last week about what frightens us. What are we afraid of? Most of us would say, probably above all, I'm afraid of dying. Christianity places death right at the beginning of the Christian life. The ritual by which we enter the church is a ritual that speaks of death. Read throughout now Paul's letters. You find this motif over and over again. When Christians gather around the table of the Lord and they eat his body and drink his blood, he says this, Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The beginning of the Christian life, death, baptism. The great ritual by which we are defined, the Eucharist, is a calling to mind of the Lord's death. How odd, too, from Paul's time on, that we display Jesus crucified. Paul did it through words. He spoke of Jesus crucified. We put the body of the dead Christ up in our churches. What is this? This Christian preoccupation with death. Go back again to baptism. We'll look at it in some more detail. When you sprinkle the child with water, or in some cases when you you totally immerse someone in the water at baptism, there is a dimension of cleansing. It's a symbolism of, of the cleansing of sin. But, but, more powerfully, the symbolism is death. It's going down under the waters. It's being drowned. It's being killed. 
In some cases, when they engage in total immersion baptism, the minister will hold the person's head underwater so that he or she might feel some of that great dis-ease, that, that beginning of suffocation, and only then will they bring the person's head up above the water. More to it, when someone's baptized, they are marked with the sign of the cross. Well, we say that's a nice religious symbol. Think about it. The sign of the cross. That's an instrument of torture. The instrument upon which Jesus was put brutally to death. Hmm. Strange, isn't it? From the beginning, we mark people with death. Think now, even when you walk into church and you put your fingers into the baptismal, into the uh, holy water font, you're combining those two moves, reminding yourself of the waters of baptism, those waters of drowning, and then you're making the sign of the cross, calling to mind this terrible sign by which you were marked from the beginning. Okay. You listen to me thinking, why is this priest dwelling on all this negativity? Go back to Paul. Aren't you aware, you who are baptized, you listening to me, aren't you aware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Paul doesn't want us to forget it, and I don't want you to forget it. So, is it what? Just sort of a morbid fascination? We're preoccupied with death? Mm -mm. Everything in Christianity conduces finally to life. So why this focus? Let me get at it this way. We live in a culture that engages in a thousand ways in the denial of death. Looking away from it, pretending it's not there. Or trying in a thousand different ways to distract our attention from the terrible fact of our death. I mentioned before to you Blaise Pascal, the great 17th century theologian. He said, we spend most of our times in diversions, diverting ourselves from the great facts of life, the prime one of which is that we will die. Christianity rubs our face in death, refuses to let us off the hook, refuses to divert us. Now why? Its purpose is finally to liberate us. You know the way inoculations work? When you are injected with a little bit of a disease, which then stirs up in you your immune system to fight off that disease. What's the greatest disease of the human condition? What is the greatest disease that bedevils us? It's the fear of death. It's the fear of death. Because we're afraid of death, we turn in on ourselves. Because we're afraid of death, we seek to divert ourselves. Because we're afraid of death, we seek money and sex and power and privilege. We seek to fill up our fearful egos. But you know, Christians, whether we like it or not, None of that works. Death has its way with us. We can't avoid it. I mentioned before to you, Schopenhauer, the German philosopher, had this great and terrible image of human life. He said we're like someone on a raft going down a dangerous rapids. We're desperately trying to keep ourselves afloat. We're 
moving that stick and trying to keep the raft going, but all the time it's moving down the rapids. And there's one goal to that journey, and that's to go over the falls to our death. Desperate, terrible image? Yeah, maybe. But what's false about it? Isn't that true of life, that eventually it heads to that one place, it heads toward death? Christianity inoculates us by immersing us in the fact of death from the beginning. We who are baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the death of the Lord. We mark ourselves with the death of Jesus. Now why? So that we might find freedom from the fear of death. Jesus, on the cross, stripped of everything, stripped of material things, stripped of pleasure, stripped of friendship, stripped of honor, stripped of all those things that we typically use to divert our attention from death, to make us immune to death, to keep death at bay. They're all gone. And there is Jesus pinioned to the cross. Not running from death, not hiding from it, not diverting himself from it, not protecting himself from it, but rather, listen now, entering into death, trusting wholly in the power of God. Entering into death, Accepting death, trusting wholly in the power of God. And then on the third day, that trust was rewarded. Jesus, risen from the dead, is a triumph over death. What's baptism? Aren't you aware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. In baptism, we participate in Christ's victory over death. By ignoring it, denying it? No. By entering into it with him. Being marked now by the same trust that he had in the power of God to face and conquer death. Now, listen again to Paul. We were indeed buried with him through baptism into his death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. What makes life unbearable? It's this fear of death which turns us in on ourselves, makes us cling to the things of this world defensively. That makes life finally unbearable. What makes life worth living, beautiful, rich, spiritually vibrant, when the fear of death has been conquered? And now I don't have to live in this cramped way. I don't have to live clinging to all the goods of the world in an obsessive manner. I don't have to live in fear. But rather, in Paul's language, I can walk in newness of life. Now, 
Here's how the saints live. The saints are those who have conquered with Christ this great fear of death. So they can live in forgiveness, in love, in compassion, in a simple enjoyment of the things of the world. Having let go of them, they can now walk in newness of life. Listen now as Paul brings his argument to a conclusion. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. Consequently, you too, Romans, and you too listening to me right now, consequently, you too must think of yourselves as dead to sin, but living for God in Christ Jesus. Can I suggest you put that line from our reading today up on your refrigerator? Put it on your screen saver. Put it over the door of your bedroom or the door of your house as you leave. It's one of the great encapsulations of the Christian faith. Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more power over him. When you are baptized into his death, it's as though you've been inoculated with the power of his death so that you too can participate in his victory over death. And then what? then you can be alive for God in Christ Jesus. Sin comes from the fear of death. When the fear of death is conquered, sin is conquered. When sin is conquered, you can live for God in joy and peace, forgiveness, compassion. You can walk in newness of life. We read this sixth chapter of Paul to the Romans and move into the power of this great proclamation. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.